Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled, My Refuge, My Fortress, My God. This message returns us to the Summer in the Psalm series, and the text for this message can be found in Psalm 91. Please, if you have your Bibles, turn them to Psalm 91 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. As a child, Chelsea Boo, I lived in Fayetteville for about two and a half years. And did somebody say woo-woo to Fayetteville? Oh, my God. I was not expecting that ever to happen. Here we go. So I was in Fayetteville, and I used to, I used to get out of school. My, my school was right beside my neighborhood, so I used to walk or ride my bike to school. And this was around the time, this was either third or fourth grade. I would go home, and uh, um, Mrs. Tolliver, I would get uh, the leftover. My mother would always go to the bakery, so we always had bread. I don't know about you, old, about you new school parents, but old school parents used to go to the bakery when the bread was real cheap, used to buy up enough loaves and put it in the deep freezer. We always had bread. And when you're running low, you take it out a day early, so it defraud, let it thaw out, and you, you got good, fresh, soft bread around that time, right? So that, that's what we used to do. So we always had bread. So I would get the, why are you laughing, Simone? So I would get the last little bit, right, like the little ends part, the last few pieces that were in there, and I took my little fishing line, and I put a little hook on it, and I would go down to the lake, and I would find me one of those thick sticks, and I would take it, and I would tie a knot real, real tight, and then I would go, and I would take the bread, and I'd go fishing. Now, this particular day that I go, it's smallmouth bass in this lake. So I'm having a good old time here, good green, smallmouth bass here. So I'm around there, I'm, put, I'm taking a little uh, bread, little morsels, I'm putting it on the hook, I'm dropping that line in. As soon as I drop it, the fish just biting, they just jumping off there. And there was this, this man beside me with his son, and he's sitting there. I didn't know he's looking at me this whole time. He's standing in amazement because these fish are just biting. I'm just having, I'm like having one of the best days ever. And them things just jumping off there. And he's looking to my son. He says, what are you fishing with? I said, I'm fishing with Wonder Bread. <laughs> the red, the blue circles, the yellow, remember that? See, now, now, y'all, now y'all with me now. Y'all try to act like y'all was too good to put the, the bread in the freezer. Now you won't be with me now. Here we go. So I was fishing with the Wonder Bread, and God is doing a wonder. Fish just jumping on up out of there. Use Wonder Bread if you ever, not Marita. Use Marita after you catch the fish and fry it. That's what you use the white Marita Bread for. But you use the Wonder Bread to catch the fish. That's what you do. So, right, they pulled up the fish out of there. They jumping, and he asked me this question, like, what are you fishing with? I'm fishing with the bread. And he said, that's interesting. I use worms. But in that moment, I began to think, when the Lord brought me back to this memory about this, how the Lord, or how the enemy loves to tempt us. And instead of the right thing, the bread of life, to hook us and bring us in, he gives us worms. And because we're blinded by the cares of this world, we can't see that it's a worm. We think it's bread. We think it's good for us. So we just jump it. We just jump it. And next thing you know, the enemy is snatching us up and dropping us in the hot grease. I wonder if you would take this journey with me today and get hooked on the bread of life. The bread of heaven, sent down from glory. Major born hung on a tree. He died to save humanity. You are the living word. I wonder if you would get hooked on the living word, the bread of life with me today. 
so that we can in turn go out and be the right type of fisherman or woman to bring others out of his darkness into his marvelous light. I just wonder if you would take that journey with me. I don't have it all together with my brothers and sisters, but I do want you to know that God is the one who can not only get us together, but can keep us together. Temptation. The enemy tempts King Jesus. What makes you think you're going to get a pass? Why, why do we do that? Can we have a real moment? I, I don't want to run over time, but can we have a real moment right now? Why do we think that if Jesus, as well, I just read to you in Luke 4, the enemy tempted him with every temptation, why do you think you get a pass? The Bible says those that suffer with him will reign with him. We got it too easy. Our technology and everything now, it has really uh, 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 desensitized our understanding. That's why the old saints used to sing those songs, oh, peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. All because we do not, does it sound like that person won't go through nothing? But they grabbed a hold of the victory. Just abide in Christ. There's your solution, abide in Christ. The divine strategy the Lord gave us, I'll show us in just a second, but he wants us to understand today how to deal with temptation. Because most often, all we talk about is the sin. We don't talk about the thing that leads up to the sin. Oh, you just ain't randomly end up in that woman's bed. You just ain't randomly decided to spend it. Am I lying, James? You just ain't just, oh, I just slipped up. Oh, where all this come from? That don't happen. There was something that began to penetrate or infect you. You didn't just willingly wake up the day, you know, you got your paycheck. Oh, I'm going to spend $600 a day. It just don't happen. Something tempted you when you were in TJ Maxx, and you know how they set up the aisles now? You done bought your stuff, and you get in the aisle, and you see like, all this little stuff. You're like, this ain't number $2. They ain't number a dollar here. This ain't number $4. And next thing you know, you done add another $40 to your bill. I do it at the dollar store almost every week. So watch this. Let me give you a definition of temptation. We all got some understanding now. We're all on the same page. Temptation, watch this, says this. Watch this. It says, it's the act of considering or causing to consider doing something wrong or unwise. It's the act of considering. I mean, where is it? In your mind. It's the act of considering. I got to stop and think about it. I'm on a diet. I got a goal, Mr. Hollenbeck. I got a goal. I've never seen a Burger King commercial look so good. I had to stop and consider, why does this burger look so juicy? I don't eat Burger King. Why does this look so good? I began the act of considering going to get that Whopper. I just got paid. I'm trying to decrease my debt. And here come Adidas 
on Nike, 30% off. Additional 20% off clear. Now I get the act of consider, I got a sneaker demon. I got the act of considering, am I going to, do you get the point of where we're going? So here we go. It's the act of considering. One scholar says it like this. He says, all men are tempted. There is no man that lives that can't be broken down, provided it is the right temptation put in the right spot. No man, Jeff Coles, no man, no man that lives can't be broken down. David, a man after God's own heart, was on the rooftop. He was supposed to be in battle. He said, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm going to let them have that. That jugger went to the roof. Hmm. Good God Almighty. The act of considering. Next thing you know, bring her to me. So what the Lord wants to do, what he wants to help us with, he wants to equip us how to fight temptation. But not just how to fight, how to have victory. Because I don't know about you, in Christ, we are positioned from victory, not for it. So here we are. 1 John 2, 15 through 17, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Watch this. My mentor, big brother, says it this way. He says, whatever has your attention has your attitude and actions as well. Think about it right now. Stop. Be an adult right now. Be vulnerable with me right now. Stop and think about what has had your attention today. Before you even got here, I promise you, almost 85% of us in here, there was something tempting us not to come into the house of God today. I promise you that. Having little aches in your body? Oh, I could just lay here a little bit longer. I don't feel like, whew, I got to get up and do all this. I got I to go, and especially, we know how we church people can be, and we got a little, little distance from somebody, or, and I know I'm going to see you, then I would say, man, I'd just rather watch this online. And watch this, it started raining, y'all. Who was in the office with me? I said, everybody going to watch online today. There's, what I'm saying is, there's all types of forms of temptation in every area of our lives. And at the right moment, at the right temperature, in the right spot, your act of considering will now be a committed act of deference. So here we go. Three biblical categories, right? I want to give us three the biblical categories for temptation. And then from the psalmist, what we just read, I want to give us three proclamations. To overcome those things, we have three temptations that the Lord provides us in the text, and then there's three proclamations that the Lord gives us from the text. Y'all ready? Let's ride. Here we go. Here's the first one. Desires, lust of the flesh, which means to be hot after something. If you've ever heard Sarah McNeil talk about her husband, You would swear he was Morris Chestnut, Denzel Washington, Tom Cruise, Tom Selleck, all of them wrapped in one. That lady loved her man. 
And every time she gets around him, she's just touching him and rubbing his shoulder. And I'll be like, listen, we trying to have a meal now. Y'all got a house? Just wait. You're going to get there. Those that you know, am I lying? She is hot after her man. So this gives you an understanding, just a small glimpse of a picture about being hot after something. Just going to stop there. Stop right there. So because of that, right, the first one he gives us out of 1 John, right, is the desires of the flesh. This means the satisfaction of physical needs. Eating is not bad, but when it becomes gluttonous, it's a bad thing. Right? I, I know I, the, my, the, the holiday I love the most, Hollenbeck, since I say holiday, Hollenbeck should just flow like that. So the holiday I love the most is Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Right? It feels more like the holiday season around Thanksgiving. It's like Christmas is like flyby over. It's like you have Christmas, like it don't even feel like a full day. It feels like six hours for Christmas, right? But Thanksgiving feels like a full week. Because the week of Thanksgiving, nobody working. Oh, you get let, what, what the lady said on Dr. Fear, cash me outside. That's what we do. Y'all just already said on Monday, I ain't doing no work. Cash me outside. I'm going to still get paid, but I'm going to be outside. I ain't doing no work in here. So you got Monday, Tuesday. You definitely ain't doing nothing on Wednesday. Thursday, Friday is a wrap. Don't talk to me on Saturday. And Lord, I hope we ain't got church on Sunday. What's your, what is your flesh hot after? I want some rest. I want some downtime. I want away from people. That's desires of the flesh. We got a good picture and understanding of that. Let's go to number two. Here it is. Desires of the eyes or lust of the eyes. This is I see it. I got to have it. Looking blessed instead of living blessed. Being blessed. I got to have it. Just because they got a new house, that don't mean it's your turn to get a new house. Be content with where you are. You don't know their pay grade. You don't know what they're making. You don't know their credit. You don't know what the Lord just did for them. But let you trying to hop on their goodness train, and you trying, and then you using, oh, God, ain't no respect to persons. This my season too. No, it ain't. Now, God, there's that season where the floodgates of heaven are open and everybody just, whoo, we cruising and blessing. But there's sometimes, no, 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 that's their season. And what the Lord is trying to teach you in that moment is to be content. But you see it, you got to have it. I told you about my sneaker demon. That's one of the ones I struggle with. See, you got to have it. Now, here's the second one, right? It's the pride of, I mean, the third one, excuse me, third one is the pride of life. This is the, this is the big one. This is, this is pretty much what we're, what we're dealing with, arrogance, haughtiness, self-righteousness. This is the arrogant spirit of self-sufficiency. This is the, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need no help. I'm good. You know you got issues going on right now. And here's your brother or sister in Christ before you asking you, hey, can I do anything? How can I serve you? No, oh, watch this. This is, this, is what how, this is typically how it works. The Lord has put me, put you on my heart. 
send you a text, call you to see how you're doing. Oh, no, I'm good. Ain't no, 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 no. The Lord just ain't do that for a reason. Now you're prideful because you don't want nobody to know your business or because you ain't got it all together or you can't keep yourself together. Now you won't access the lifeboat or the rescue that the Lord has sent upon your path because you think you, 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 you know enough scripture to get out of this situation. Well, here the scripture is, the Lord done brought somebody along your path. He was your helper and sent you help. And it didn't come, and that's typically what happens. The Lord never, most, most often, most often, most often, typically never sends it in the form you think it's going to come in or look like. Why? Because the Bible says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. We can't understand. His greatness is unsearchable. So it's never going to look like the way we want it to look like, which is then we lean into pride and we figure I got to do this my own self. And what ends up happening? The enemy says, got him. So now what I do is I begin to distance myself. I begin to disconnect from the body. And now I'm out here. I'm out here. And there's a whole bunch of people that are out here, but they never see each other. Because out here is a vast land. You'll never run into the same people out here. Because you're out here. And you're blinded, and you don't know how vast and why. If you think Texas big, oh, you ain't lived in out here land. Because I get out here, I think I got, I got pride. I think I'm blinded. I got pride. I think I got it all together. So I'm out here, and I never see the other passerbys, the other ones living in out here land, because I'm blind. Is, is this making sense? So here we go. All right, here we go. Ten minutes. Here we go. Watch this. Dr. Evans, we're going to go into a study, family, Rebuild Family. And those that are not a part of Rebuild Family, you're more than welcome to join in. We're going to go through a study uh, through Dr. Evans' new book called Kingdom Values. This is going to be a precursor that's going to lead up to our whole entire focus for the year of 23, which is the kingdom. Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Our focus is going to become more understanding of the kingdom of God and not the church of God. Those two are supposed to be synonymous. They're supposed to go hand in hand. But we, because we humans, we done broke this thing up. We know how to do church. We ain't doing much being the church. So rebuild family, we're going to walk this walk the right way because I'm trying to get the glory. I got work to do. So because of that, I want to know what the Lord has said about the kingdom. And if you read the Gospels, if you really read the Gospels, here's a Bible study tip for you. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus, that's the main thing. Dare I even say the only thing that he's talking about. The kingdom of God is like this. We need to know this. So here's our little precursor that's going to set us up for that in, in, in from Dr. Evans' book, Kingdom Values. And so in his book, he gets us to help us, uh, he helps us to understand how to grow and mature as followers of Jesus. And he poses this question, what has God said on the matter? So we're going to look at very quickly today what God has said on the matter of temptation. And this is of great importance because the enemy wants us to be filled with the world and not his word. 
Proverbs tells us, trust the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and lean not to our own understanding. Acknowledge him in all our ways, and he'll make straight our path. And then he says this, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So what does it mean to love the world? It means being devoted to the world's treasures, philosophies, and priorities. Loving the world means I'm loving the world's treasures, the world's philosophies, and the world's priorities. If we're always going to our favorite podcast, if we're always going to our favorite news outlet, if we're always going to our favorite social media personality or account before we're going to the scriptures, we have a problem. I'm never going to tell you that those things are not valuable. But when I put those things up against the word of God, the light of his wisdom and knowledge and understanding begins to lead me to know if this is healthy for me or hurtful to me. Does that make sense? My starting point, my midpoint, and my ending point should always be Christ. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us on our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message, which is titled, My Refuge, My Fortress, My God. 